Good morning. Greetings in Jesus' name. It's good to be here this morning, even though there's a very small crowd, very small group of people. But that doesn't, shouldn't defer us from worshiping, honoring, and singing to our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords. He is worthy of our praise, whether there be lots of voices, few voices, or just even our own voice. He is worthy. So, I've been blessed in hearing what has been brought to us already and abiding and dwelling in that secret place, which I think lays kind of a good foundation for the few thoughts that I have that I'd like to talk about this morning. Before we begin, why don't we have a word of prayer? Dear Lord, we come to you this morning in Jesus' precious name. Thank you, Father, for your promises in your word. Thank you that we can go to your word and find strength, find direction, and find healing and power and encouragement. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to abide and dwell and to find that secret place and that we would make that our home, that we would build our life on that foundation because Everything else is wood, hay, and stubble, and will be burned up, and will be be tested. Lord, I pray that you would lead and guide us in this our day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, for a, a beginning verse, a few verses, why don't we turn to Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 14. There's a parable here or a story that Jesus um, talked about that I'd like to draw a few points from, or at least a foundation I'd like to talk about here a little bit. Matthew 25, beginning in verse 14, says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered them unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another Two and to another one, to every man according to his servile ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise he had received two, he had gained, he also gained other two. But he that received one went and digged it in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord." He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent, 
came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering, gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth, and lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered, said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sold not, and gathered where I had not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that shall be given, he shall have abundance, but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye that unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I think I'll stop reading there. The subject that I'd like to talk about a little bit this morning is success. Now, lots of different thoughts may come to your mind when you think of the word success, but the Wikipedia definition of success is actually the achievement of a desired result. Now, if you just think about that, the achievement of a desired result. And you think about that, that is the true definition of success. These men here had a desire to make their Lord and their King happy with them. And they uh, were faithful in what he gave to them, except for the one. The world defines success mainly by measuring the amount of wealth, power, and popularity as a person obtains in this world. Worldly definitions of success are deceptive and tragic because they focus on what is fleeting and passing and ignoring what is lasting and eternal. If you think of of success as an achievement of a desired result and you put your desired result on these, these earthly things such as wealth, power, and popularity... The Bible is very clear that the eyes of man are never satisfied, so your, re- your desired result is always going to be a few steps ahead of you. And that is, I believe, why so many people that try to make their happiness in, their, in worldly success, or it's basically impossible for a person that is trying to find peace, satisfaction, in world success, success can't because it's always something that is fleeting and a few steps ahead of them. Worldly definition of success are notoriously short-sighted and if followed end in misery. On the contrary, the Bible defines success in terms of what is spiritual, lasting, and ends in eternal life and joy. Whereas worldly success is centered on the promotion and gratification of ourselves Biblical success is centered in obedience to glorify, glorification of God. As we, see in this, uh, as we see in this parable, the successful ones, the ones that wanted to enter in, 
to the joy of their Lord, and to hear those words said to them, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, which I believe is our desired result in our Christian life. That is what we should see as successful in our life, as a success, is at the end of our life, we can hear those words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Success is peace of mind, which is results and self-satisfaction was a definition that I found. Spiritual success is not about what we do with the possessions we accumulate. No, excuse me. Spiritual success is not about what we do or the possessions that we accumulate. Spiritual success is about one, about who we are, our character, our integrity, our faith, the quality of success, the qualities of success like discipline, honesty, loyalty, and love. So the question comes to me, am I being successful in achieving the desired results that I have Or have at the end. Will I be able to hear those words said, well done, thou good, faithful servant. I'd like to draw something a little bit on the board. And I in no wise am any kind of artist. So you will have to use some of your imagination, I think. Does anybody have an idea what that represents? Yep. I'm going to pretend this is an iceberg, and you're going to write success in here. Now, most of us, I should have maybe drawn this a little bit smaller up here. We're going to try to define, or we're going to try to draw a few points out of what may be the tip of the iceberg, what makes us successful Um, we're going to try to draw a few points. So number one, if you think of a successful person or being successful, a lot of times that comes with hard work, whether in business, whether in school, whether in lots of different areas of our life. But I'd like to draw some spiritual applications. I believe also be to, to be successful in our spiritual life takes hard work. James, let's turn to James chapter 1 for a verse. I'm 
Verse 1 through 12 says, James, a servant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. And it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and toss. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. But let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. But the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass he shall pass, flower of the grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, and it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Success comes by hard work. If you were to put on a scale from one to ten, how much hard work Am I putting into my Christian life? Or do I, do I maintain my Christian life when it's easy, such as my personal devotions when I have time? Or I speak a word of encouragement to a brother or sister when I feel like it. Think of Jesus laying himself down on that cross, he knew the pain that was coming. And I don't think those soldiers had to wrestle him down to nail him to the cross. But he knew the reason he came, and he was successful in accomplishing that goal. And I think that was probably pretty hard work, you could say, to laying himself down. Another thing I had to think of sometimes is that can be very hard work is laying down our own self-will, our own desires, praying when I'm tired, praying when I don't feel like it, having a burden for the loss, the church, our children. Luke 9, verse 62, I quickly want to read. Luke 9, verse 62 says, And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. How much hard work am I putting into my Christian life? Or is it easy for me to just kind of float along? Will that be successful? Am I putting my hand to the plow? Number two is what it takes to be successful. It takes persistence. To be successful takes persistence. Luke chapter 18, 
verse 1 through 8. And he spake a parable unto them to the end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in his city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not. For a while, but afterwards he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. It takes persistence, it takes knocking, it takes seeking. I had to think of that man that went to his neighbors um, that uh, wanted bread because he had company coming. And he woke him up in the middle of the night and asked for bread. It takes persistence. What do I, in my spiritual life, do I feel on a scale from 1 to 10, whatever, how persistent am I to get the answers I need? God's not deaf. Do I pray till I break through? Do I knock until the door opens? Do I seek until I find? Or is it easy for me to give up and think it's too hard? Or God just seems so far away or I can't get through. There was this story I heard one time and I might have said this before. But uh, this man had this vision about praying through. And there's these bunch of brothers that came together. And in his vision, the... uh, the scenario was that when they prayed, they began, there were some leaves in the room and they would start swirling around and they'd go up to the ceiling and it seemed like they never got through. They didn't pray until the windows of heaven or the ceiling opened up and the uh, leaves went through. I think this was a dream or somebody. Then this old widow came in, into the room and she was by herself. The men got the leaves to stir but, and then they went out before they, anything, before they broke through. Then this old widow came in and she prayed. Same thing. The leaves started going around, go up against the ceiling. And she kept praying and she kept praying and she kept praying. Finally, the ceiling opened up and the leaves all went through. And uh, he got this picture of how often do I stop praying before I break through? Or am I persistent enough to reach the throne room of heaven? As an example, Abraham Lincoln, we all know who that probably is, was a very persistent man. Am I persistent in my Christian life like example this man may have been in his uh, earthly life? There probably is no better example of failure and persistence that I know. Let me share Lincoln's life story with you. This man who failed in business at the age of 21 was defeated in in a legislative race at the age of 22, failed again in business at the age of 24, overcame the death of his sweetheart at the age of 26, had a nervous breakdown at the age of 27, lost a congressional race at the age of 34, lost a senatorial race at the age of 45, failed in an effort to become a vice president at the age of 47, lost a... Centorial race at the age of 49, and then was elected president of the United States at the age of 52. Would you dare to call him a failure? He could have quit anywhere along the line, but to Lincoln, defeat was a detour, not a dead end, and a great source of learning. 
In my spiritual life, when I hit roadblocks, do I see them as a dead end or do I see them as a source of learning or a source, like we read before, a trying of our faith in our spiritual life? Am I persistent in not giving up? The devil wants to put these roadblocks in it. He will throw fiery darts to, to uh, wound us and cause us to fall backwards. Am I persistent or do I fall and think that it's not worth it? Remember, the definition of success is the achievement of, of a desired result. And our desired result is to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And it's easy sometimes for us to think, or even like Daryl was saying about um, our secret relationship with Christ. Nobody sees it. It's, uh, it's not tangible, so therefore we sometimes kind of feel like it's optional. But we can't afford not to be successful in this, our spiritual life. How persistent am I? When nobody else comes to prayer meetings, am I there? When nobody else thinks that you put in the blank, I don't know, I'm just kind of going off the top of my head. When, when, when I'm the only one sometimes, am I persistent in the work that lays ahead of me in my own life, in our life of our families, churches? It takes persistence to be successful. Another thing it takes to be successful sometimes is late nights. Now, in my line of work, I kind of know what that means. Late nights. And there could have been a whole bunch of other things we could have put in there. But I'd like to say this, that when Jesus was in the garden... He prayed and he prayed and he prayed into the night, late into the night. And he was a prime example of being successful to achieve the desired result. It was hard for him. It would have been easier probably for him to just go maybe sleep. Uh, I, I don't know, maybe not. I mean, if you know, I mean, he knew what was coming. It might have been hard for him to sleep, but just to push it away. And, but he knew that he needed that relationship, that connection with God to face a cross. And I believe we often find ourselves in the exact same place, not going to the cross maybe, but we've got to see that we need a connection with Christ or our, uh, our God to face the things that come our way. Are we persistent in, uh, in our relationship with God, our spiritual life, so that we can, de- so that we can reach our, de- our desired result? I believe, as I was doing some studying, studying, I was just convicted even in my own life. I believe this is more important than we realize. This same, these, a lot of these same things could be, could be taken into... Uh, earthly things, you know, business. It takes laying down of time. It takes hard work it t- if you want to be successful. Just a float and just a, a lot of times these things don't come, success does not come by accident. 
And uh, if we, we got to put value on those words that we want to hear our desired result at the end of our life. And it takes some of this. Think of when David was running for his life from Saul. Late nights in the, in the caves, he would write psalms. And uh, he would cry out unto the Lord. He also talked about early mornings, um, finding his strength. I think he knew the desired result, that he was going to be king. And it took more than just going to bed every night. It took a persistence that he needed to have to find his desired result. How many times, how many times do I find myself thinking, oh, I'll pray later when it's easier, or how persistent am I? In even in working late nights and giving up of my comforts. Another one that it takes <clears throat> is rejection. If we want to be successful in our in, uh, in those words that we want to hear at the end of our life. It takes rejection. The Bible talks about um, families being separated over this. Friends being separated. Imagine Jesus. He's a prime example in so many ways. Imagine Jesus. Here he was teaching these disciples... And when it got close to the cross, how many of them rejected him and ran away, and he was left. One of them even denied that he ever knew him. He swore up and down to this person that he knows nothing about him. Can you imagine the rejection Jesus felt? Am I willing to put up rejection, my reputation on the line, because of the desired result that I see is necessary to achieve. Am I going to be successful in hearing those words? On a scale from 1 to 10, how ready am I to receive reje- rejection? Laying my reputation down, Jesus, when he was on the cross, probably experienced one of the greatest rejection feelings that you almost could. Here, the Son of God, the uh, Creator of the world, you could say, hung on the cross for all to spit at and scoff his very creation. But he was willing to do it because he wanted to be successful in the desired result. And that was to make a way for us to be with him someday. How willing am I to receive rejection? Number five, another thing it takes is sacrifice. Sacrifices. To be successful, we need to sacrifice time. We need to sacrifice sacrifice our desires. And we need to sacrifice... A lot of the other things that I was talking about, you know, that it, all, it fits in very well with rejection. Am I feeding the nature within me 
to stand the temptations that come my path, come along my path. And I had to think of this quote. Two natures beat within my breast, the one file, the one is blessed. The one I love, the one I hate, the one I feed will dominate. Am I sacrificing my own desires, or my own longings, the fleshliness of myself, to feed the one that will accomplish the desired end result? Am I giving the time to the nature within me that will be successful at the end? Am I giving the time and feeding the one that will make me successful in the battles that the devil brings along our way? Am I being feeding the one nature in me that will be successful in keeping me from being deceived? This our day, there is so much deception out there. It, we need to feed the nature within us that will bring the success we want, we need, we want, in staying on the straight and narrow path. Am I willing sometimes to sacrifice and push away my plate and fast and pray to be successful? Sacrificing, giving of our time in our families, in our marriages, and especially in my Christian life. How much do I sacrifice to make sure that I will be successful and that I can hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Number six. Is discipline. To be successful, we need to have discipline. In Proverbs 25, verse 28 says, He that hath no rule over his spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Is that a picture of success? A city that is broken down, hath no walls? That is not. In 1 Corinthians 9, verse 27, says, But I keep my body under and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to, other, to others, I myself should be a castaway. Just like to uh, point out or think about bringing our body under and bring it into subjection. Takes discipline. That's not always easy. How well am I doing in discipline in, uh, in my life? Discipline in my life. <clears throat> It's easy sometimes to go along with conversations that are not edifying. Do I have the discipline to not make along or to walk away or to, to uh, maybe challenge or to stand up for what is right? Do I have the discipline? That takes discipline. And it takes, uh, it takes being willing to be rejected. It takes a sacrifice of my own... What people might think of me. But if we see our end result, why we're doing it, it'll make it easier. Because we can't let this slide. Life is too short. Eternity is too long. Titus 2, 
verse 12 says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That is something that takes some time. It takes teaching to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. We should live soberly and righteously and godly in in this present world, standing up for what is right. Do I have the discipline it takes to be successful in my Christian life? Another thing that we may face is, and this will come in a successful Christian life, is criticism. Criticism is not fun when we are criticized. Oh, you think you know what you're doing, or oh, you think that's so important. If we are going to be successful, I think we will face criticism by friends and family sometimes. But that's what it takes sometimes for us to find our for us to find our or for us to or it teaches us stability or it teaches us sometimes criticism teaches us where our goals are if we fall in the face of criticism a lot of times it shows us how important the the goal that we are working towards is to us it's not easy criticism is not fun But it shows us, I believe, it can be kind of a gauge in how important our end goal is if we fall in the face of criticism. Not wavering. I don't if if our if we're lining up with the with the word of God and we we put energy into our spiritual life and we get criticized for it, we should not waver, but it should build us, make us stronger when uh, the Bible says somewhere about that we should beware when all men speak well of us because are we, are we putting the energy and the effort into the successful Christian life that, uh, that we need to when everything seems to be going just fine? <clears throat> Not saying that I think we should look for criticism, but that comes with it. Another one that a lot of times comes with being successful in our Christian life or we may face our doubts. Now, I'd like, I wasn't quite sure how to um, bring this in, but what I mean by doubts is, maybe we could also put slash faith. In Proverbs 3, verse 5, the Bible says that we should trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path, thy paths. Sometimes we need to trust God even when we can't see our way through. And that's what I mean by sometimes we may have doubts in knowing how this is going to work. And, and then it switches quickly to faith because we trust God. And what I mean by Doubts is we should not lean on our own understanding where we can, or sometimes it takes us, not always having it figured out, but where we lean 
not on our own understanding, but on the understanding of God, where we may sometimes doubt our own um, abilities, maybe, or I hope you know what I mean. Um, it does, we can't, you know, without faith it is impossible to please God. But sometimes to be, to be, sometimes God asks us to go through valleys that we may not see the other end. And we may kind of doubt ourselves. But that, some, that's good, I believe, in a way. And I believe it will make us successful when we may kind of doubt ourselves, but we put our faith and trust in God. And not always have everything figured out. I hope you know what I mean. If you don't, you can ask me. But I believe to be successful, it takes more than just our intellectual understanding. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. We can trust God even when we can't see how this is all going to come out. That is sometimes what it takes to be successful in our Christian life. Another thing that it takes to be successful or that happens when we are successful sometimes, nine, are failures. The Bible says in Proverbs 24, verse 16, For a just man shall fall seven times and rise up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Learning from our mistakes and not staying on our face. When we learn what works, when we learn that it takes more than just this type of prayer to get through to God, maybe maybe failure sometimes, learning from our mistakes... A successful person will have failures, and I believe we do fail sometime in our Christian life. But to be successful is to get up again and learn from them. And to plod on and to push forward and not to give up. Just like Abraham Lincoln there. In the face of many failures that he had, he did not see them as a dead end. He saw them as a stepping stone to... Go further. And eventually he did accomplish the presidency. Failure is not defeat. We should see it as a stepping stone to success. How well do I do with failures in my life? Do they discourage me? Or do they give me incentive to dig deeper? The last one, 10. You might not be able to see this anymore, but I'm going to put here risk. Risk. To be successful a lot of times takes risk. Now, what I mean by risk here. Is am I willing to let go to be successful spiritually? It takes a letting go and putting God in control of my life. 
It takes a letting go of my reputation and be willing to follow God wherever he takes me. It takes letting go of my future. A lot of times we want to figure out, we want to have our future plan, uh, planned out. And if I do this, this will happen and this will happen, this will happen. There are promises in the word, there are promises in the Bible that there, are, there is a reaping and sowing. So there are promises that if we seek God, we shall find him. If we, if we lean on God's understanding, he will direct our path. So it's not necessarily a blind, um, just stumbling into the night, but it takes letting go and be willing to allow God to use us how he sees fit and not just ourselves, which is kind of a risk sometimes. Because our reputation, what we think might be a good reputation, may falter sometimes. People may, might make fun of us. Am I successfully winning the race to the end? Am I achieving or will I have achieved or am I achieving the desired results that I'm getting? And I believe that if we apply some of these things to our spiritual life, we will be successful spiritually in this world, in our Christian life and in the day to come. And that's the one we can't afford to miss. And it takes hard work. It takes persistence. It takes late nights sometimes. It takes rejection from friends, from families. It takes sacrifices of our time, of our own desires sometimes. It takes discipline. Criticism will come. Sometimes we might doubt ourselves, like, how am I going to see this through Failures are in this too if we use them like stepping stones. And risk are definitely involved because we need to let God have full control of our life. And that will be the uh, definition of a successful Christian life, I believe. So in closing, I would like to read Revelations 22. Because I believe this is the desired result that all of us as Christians are looking for. Revelation chapter 22, verse 1 and 7. And I don't know when this is coming, but someday this will come. And God will show me, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, on either side of the tree of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manners of fruit, and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no curse, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, there shall... And they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be, be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of this prophecy of this book. Gives us a little picture of the end of our race, a pure, a pure river, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God. 
And um, there shall be no more night there, no more curse. Everything's going to be pure and lovely. And I guess my burden is that we would all hear and uh, be successful. But it doesn't come by accident. We've got to put our hand to the plow and not look back. It takes hard work. Am I working hard in my Christian life? It takes persistence. We can't just float there. It takes sacrifices. And many of the things that I talked about. So I hope it was. this can be a challenge to us to not grow weary in well-doing because the prize at the end, we want to hear those words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joys of thy Lord. Not a one of us wants to miss that. And it takes this to be successful and other things. But So may the Lord add his blessing to that. I'm sure there could have been balanced and maybe more brought in. But let's strive. Let's work hard. Let's put our hand to the plow. Let's not give up. We're too close there to, to give up. So... Uh, Let's encourage each other as we go through our Christian life to be persistent again and again. God will come through and he'll lead us. So may the Lord bless.